Hey everybody, this is Braxton Taylor, co-host of Jedi Eternal, a Star Wars podcast. And on this week's episode, episode 95, we discuss the High Republic Phase 3 reveals, our most anticipated reveal from Celebration, and review the penultimate episode of Mandalorian Season 3. So join along with us and hope you enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are on episode 95 of Jedi Eternal, a Star Wars podcast, inching ever closer to that big 100 number. I am one of your co-hosts, Braxton Taylor, alongside Andrew. I could not think of anything to say. Bowen. Wow, how original. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? How original. I know. I'm I'm feeling very uncreative today. I feel like it would have almost been better to just not say anything at all than to say you couldn't think of anything. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, love and learn, you know, say la vie. Uh, so anyway, here we are for episode 95, uh, on the, on the heels of Star Wars celebration with a lot of great things coming out. Please go back. If you're interested in, uh, what happened in Star Wars celebration, feel free to go back to episode 94 last week, where we cover kind of the main things that were in the, uh, Lucasfilm, uh, showcase. And there's a lot of great stuff on there. And, but this week we're going to kind of like recap what kind of the smaller things, but still really cool stuff that's come out uh, since then. Yeah, because the the day that we recorded last week, it was the first day of celebration. Mm-hmm. But now there has been um, there has been multiple uh, days of celebration that came after that. Right, and there is some some news that has has happened. Actually, a lot of news really that we mm-hmm. can talk about today. So. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive into all that and dive into uh, the the latest episode of The yes. Mandalorian. The penultimate the episode. penultimate, which we do have thoughts and opinions on that that yes. we can't wait to share. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's going to be good good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys shared your thoughts on the episode with us as well. And we have some community discussion about Star Wars Celebration. So let's just get right into it. Now, actually, <laughs> let's not get right into it. Real quick, quick plug. Uh, as we do every episode, we want to just talk about our Patreon for just a quick second. And that is anytime anyone comes and subscribes to our patreon for only five dollars a month you become a producer of our podcast which number one thing that you get out of that is that you get to have a direct say into how we run this podcast and our uh, next thing that we're about to announce on that as well and um but you, if we have any decisions or anything, you know, we're curious about where we need to go, we go to you guys first. The second thing you get, of course, is uh, access to a secondary podcast that we do called And Other Stuff. And, of course, like I said, your producer over that as well. So if, uh, we, on that, we talk about anything and everything typically usually becomes <laughs> uh, video games, our lives, and movies. And that's yep. kind of primarily what it is. But we talk about anything as it comes up. It's kind of more freeform and fun. Um, so if that's something interesting to you there is a uh, eight to ten episodes somewhere through there on it right now uh, plenty of content already for you to get access for only five dollars a month and then uh, last but not least we do like to go ahead and shout out those of you who are current producers so andrew who do we have this week yes we have jb josh and birkinshaw Terry Boland, Grayson David Gill, Alex Mason Corey wise jay camdar jenna and promise 
And we thank you guys so much. Seriously, it really does help us, and we really, truly do appreciate uh, each and every one of our producers. And uh, big shout-out to you guys. But now we can get into the main yeah, show here. Yeah. Lots of great stuff this week, but we're going to get into our news, and we got plenty of it this week. So let's start off with our very first news piece, and that is Star Wars Celebration announces its next destination, um, and that is Japan in Tokyo, Japan in 2025. So we're taking a bit of a rest year here and we're going all the way over across the Pacific to the land of the rising sun. Um, it has not been there since 2008. So this is a, it's a long overdue stop for people in our um, Pacific, uh, you know, East Asian uh, demographic there. So um, I have some thoughts on that. I know Drew, maybe you weren't super excited about that. I am very unthrilled about this. <laughs> unthrilled. Uh, <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy. Um, listen, I get it, okay? I get it. I get why they're doing it. There's a whole slew of fans over there. They can make mm -hmm. all kinds of money. I get mm -hmm. it. I totally get it. But for me, as an American, I am disappointed because, <laughs> you know, last year I was at Celebration in California, and that was already pushing it for me, okay? <laughs> Being able to, to get all the way to California, you know, for those of you who don't really remember where we're located, we're in Indiana, okay? Mm -hmm. We're out in the cornfield. Yeah. Um, not really, but that's what people think when you say you're in Indiana. Well, I mean, listen, we could drive for 10 we minutes and get to a cornfield. We could get to a cornfield pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, so I had to go all the way to California. That was that was a a, mm -hmm. a pricey trip. Okay, there's a oh, lot yeah. of stuff that goes into yeah. making a trip out to California. Right. Um. Totally worth it. Loved it. Enjoyed every second of it. Um. But yeah. But it was a lot. So then, I'm sitting there in the the uh, the convention center. I'm at the closing ceremony. <laughs> right. I got my phone out. I'm ready to i am ready to book a hotel okay oh, for the yeah. next place i really i really <laughs> yeah, was yeah. i was like i will price line a hotel right <laughs> the minute they announce it you, you pretty much got to <laughs> yeah right. well or you can wait and go through their like thing but then you're gonna be yeah anyways yeah, yeah. so i so i'm sitting there and then they're like it's gonna be in uh it's celebration europe and i'm like no oh no okay <laughs> yeah. so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to this one. I'll go the year after that. Mm -hmm. So 2024. Yeah. Well, then yeah. uh, it was it was a couple weeks ago. Celebration kind of just like casually dropped that there wouldn't be one in 2024. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. So there's going to be a big wait, but all right. Well, then I'll just plan to go in 2024. Right. So then <laughs> – yeah. uh, so then, you know, last week I'm sitting in my home watching Star Wars Celebration live stream mm -hmm. and I'm watching the closing ceremony. I got my phone out. Mm -hmm. I'm on Priceline mm -hmm. ready to see wherever <laughs> yeah. they announce it. Me thinking, I 100% believed it was going to be in Orlando. I had yeah. convinced myself yeah. it would be in yeah. Orlando because based off of history, yeah. it made sense that would be the next American location. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where I thought it would Which be. Which probably still is true, right? But you would think so. But um and so like I'm I'm ready to go. Right. And and then they say Japan. And I'm like <laughs> I you should have seen no. I just melted and my wife was was here too and she she just looked over at me and I was just like 
I was just speechless. I didn't mm. even know what to say or do. I just kind of <laughs> just sat there in silence. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, at this point, I'm not going to celebration until at least 2026. And yeah. that's very if, sad. If it, comes, if, if it comes in 2026. If it right? comes in 2026, it may be 2027. Yeah. And who's to say it's going to be in America in 2027? Yeah, I don't it know. Could it has to be in America else, next, right? right? You'd imagine. You'd imagine. Um, it's hard to so say. So, anyways, so I was a little bummed. And. You know, could I go to Japan? I mean... Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, yes, I could. Yeah. But realistically, I can't. Yeah. It does not make sense <laughs> yeah, for me money to do wise, this. Yeah, money-wise, right? It doesn't make sense for me money-wise. It doesn't make sense for me with just, like, my family right now. I got a little mm-hmm. little boy, newborn. Little boy. And he's not going to be that much older yet. You know, it's just a lot of things go into it. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so, no, I will not be going. Mm-hmm. I'll be watching from home again in 2025. <laughs> womp, womp. Um, and it's very disheartening. Yeah. But I'm excited for all of, of the Japan Star Wars fans because mm-hmm. they're going to yeah. get... I mean, they haven't had one since um, 2008, right? So Yeah, even with, like, our, you know, Aust- you know Australian fans and stuff like that, right, that they're pretty close over there, too. Because- yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's great for for those people it's just really sad for me <laughs> yeah I, so you know I, i'm probably probably going to be on the same boat i will say though um i am someone who is very very uh into japan i've always wanted to go to tokyo go to shibuya station you know go to osaka sure. i want to go to all these places and so what better reason to go for me than to go to a big store celebration and also try to couple in a couple days or maybe a week max, you know, uh, to go to throughout Tokyo and and I mean, yeah, Kyoto I mean, if you got the money like to do it. But for me, Which it's I'm not like, saying I will. <laughs> for me, the way I looked at it is if I'm going to go to Japan, I'm probably not going to go on a celebration because mm-hmm. I do want to be able to see things and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to afford to stay like True. forever. So True. if yeah. I, you know, those days that I would be in a convention center, if I'm going to go to Japan, I should probably spend those days like actually uh, yeah. experiencing yeah. Japan. I, I agree. And I so, agree. you know, in, in convention center, you're just still going to be with a bunch of sweaty guys. Like <laughs> it's going to smell bad it's gonna it might be a little bit better no probably not it's 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 like they're in a notoriously clean country yeah but clean people but you're gonna get people from all over the world you're still gonna have people from all over the world it's like you're still gonna have a bunch of you're gonna have a bunch of big sweaty americans there (laughs) 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 sorry sorry japan um Uh, no anyway so you know unfortunately most likely neither of us are gonna be there um, again, if anybody's if, out there listening, I was gonna say, if any of you want to pay, on, if any of you want to pay our way to Star Wars Celebration 2025, we uh, FaceTime we, you, we will do special we reporting. Will, just we for will you. write you a card that says, <laughs> thank we'll you. We'll write a thank you note and send it your way free of charge. With our signatures <laughs> on it. Just pay shipping and handling. <laughs> Uh, but for real though, you know, uh, you know, Star Wars. If you're listening, stamp, but... you know, if you want to send us over as, uh, you know, liaisons, right, or reporters, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. do it. We'll you know. do it. We'll do it. Anyway, yeah, um, I don't know. I have to look at my schedule, but I know I can uh, most likely fit it in. I think like it was Corey Wise, I believe. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think I might be able to pencil it in. Right? I think Corey Wise was saying that he really wanted to go to Japan as well, and this would be a perfect opportunity. Well, so. here's the thing: if any of our listeners, and in all seriousness, if any of you do plan to go or please end up going know. there, please yeah. let us know because we would absolutely love to have someone on on site for yeah. for it i mean we would yeah. love that and we would give you um you know um, access to be able to like to be an official like reporter for us so yeah if you hey if you have the desire to go 
Yeah. Um, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if anybody's going, just let us know. Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on to our uh, second news piece, my good man. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to jump into some more stuff that we heard from Celebration. Uh, they had a Marvel panel at Celebration this year, as they always do. And they have revealed kind of the next big um, event. Um, as you know, Star Wars has been, or Marvel has been doing crossover events with all of their different Star Wars series. Mm. Uh, the, the most recent being Hidden Empire, which was um, the one that includes Kira. And so they've been um, hinting at some things that were to come next. And now they've officially revealed that, and it's called Dark Droids. Mm. And this is going to start in August. And so I'll just read kind of what it says here. In Dark Droids, a mysterious new threat called the Scourge corrupts droids, cyborgs, and everything in between, spreading chaos through the galaxy. Ajax Sigma, who first appeared in last year's Star Wars Revelations issue number one, will play a role in the saga, though his true intentions remain unknown. Mm. Mysterious. So Charles Soule will write the main miniseries. Um, Charles Soule, of course, one of the, the main guys from the High Republic as well, and he's also done a lot of Star Wars comics. Um, it's going to spill into one-shots and the four ongoing Marvel series. So that being Star Wars, Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra, and Bounty Hunters. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, not a whole lot else is known yet about that. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think that uh, I'm sure it'll be good because they've been... They've been really good about um, just kind of like making the the big crossover events in the Star Wars comics just good. Like they've just done yeah. a really good job with yeah. it. I've been impressed every time. Um, you know, the fact that they brought back Kira mm. and and all of that stuff has been really intriguing and and very interesting. Um, which I did. I do. I am gonna some a little some spoilers for Hidden Empire. I finished Hidden Empire. And uh, it's intriguing because, again, spoilers if you don't want to hear um, the ending of it. But she fails her because her mission was to defeat the Sith. Mm -hmm. She failed. She did not do it. Um, and essentially, she goes back into hiding. But she's still out there. Mm -hmm. Kira's still out there. So. I think they left the door open. So they're really for, just letting themselves have some leeway there. <laughs> I think I think there's still a good chance that somewhere down the road we're going to see Kira in live action again. Mm -hmm. I think they really want to bring her back. They're just trying to figure out when and where. But uh, she's definitely still um, a main player out there in the Star Wars universe. So. Oh yeah, and she's she's a threat to be reckoned with. They've they've made her into a serious threat. Like she is, she uh, she's trained highly trained. She's learned from uh, um, Darth Maul, mm -hmm. and so she has she understands that combat style. But she also learned how to fight against yeah. uh, Palpatine. Yeah. She learned uh, Palpatine's fighting style, which I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I can't. But remember she learned but... she she uh, or because Maul knew it, Maul taught it to her, mm -hmm. and so she's so she's like super highly skilled. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. But. Anyways, uh, so Dark Droids coming in August, the next big crossover. I'm sure there'll be something really cool in it. 
So just uh, keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, it should be pretty cool on that. So our next news piece is actually about Star Wars Visions. Uh, if for those of you who may not remember, Star Wars Visions was in, in uh, the first season, right, or the first volume, as they call it, uh, was kind of a conglomeration of a lot of different Japanese animation artists, uh, you know, who typically do anime, right? Um, and they kind of came together, and each of them were given free liberty of, you know, to express Star Wars how they, you know, how they interpreted it, right? Uh, so they uh, obviously announced volume two of Star Wars Visions, which is actually going to take on a kind of a new form of same thing, right? It's going to be people's individual interpretation of Star Wars through animation, uh, but it's going to be in multiple different countries. It's not just Japan. And uh, we, in our previous episode, we had went over all of the different countries and the different uh, studios that are going to be undertaking that. But in uh, Star, excuse me, Star Wars Celebration, they actually did showcase... Um, volume two and they showed us a lot of great info and, and clips and things of that so drew what do we have on that yeah so they they showed a trailer um for visions i think that's i think everyone can see the trailer right that, that's a something they released so, to the yeah. public yeah yeah they released it to the public um and <laughs> big yawn <laughs> sorry big yawn um it, grief, it was actually man. yeah sorry so professional. No, I know. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It, it looks really cool. Um, mm -hmm. There, I, I'm, I'm, I am, way more pumped about this <laughs> volume of visions than I was the last. Yeah, one. we're not getting into why, but you know. <laughs> no, we can get into why. He just, he just doesn't like Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I am not. I am not a big fan of anime, as I have made it made it known. Yeah. Um, anime is. Uh, I don't know. I just don't like it. It just a lot of most of the time it bothers me. I just not a <sighs> wow. fan of it. Wow. Um, however, this is so much more than just anime. It, it's tons mm -hmm. of different styles, and some of them have really called out to me. I think some of them are very intriguing. Yeah. And and I'll also say, from what I've seen, a lot of these are just honoring the Star Wars universe a little more. Mm -hmm. I felt like the anime, the first series, the anime, they really went crazy with it. Like, mm -hmm. like so crazy that a lot of it didn't even feel like star wars yeah and, I, can, I can understand that yeah and i and and again i'm not of course i haven't seen any of these yet but the trailer for this a lot of it looked more like oh okay this is identifiably star wars and unique animation styles and so i mean listen if if uh wallace and gromit doesn't scream star wars to you i don't know what to tell you <laughs> well i'm genuinely <laughs> I genuinely can't wait to watch that. Well, I was about to say, and that's one of the ones I'm most excited for. Uh, so I mean, dumb, it's I just, it. that is just the best. I'm so yeah. excited to watch Star Wars in a Wallace and Gromit art style. Yes. I cannot tell you how excited I am for that. And like the, yeah. like the, just in, in the, the trailer, you got like a, a Wookiee in it, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, and that's, yeah. just, it looks fantastic. Yeah. And then there is, you know, one that's about like a, it shows like a Sith that looks really good. That animation style is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm so much more excited for this. Yeah. And uh, everything I've seen so far, it looks very promising. And this is going to come out on uh yeah may the 4th may 4th yes, yeah may the 4th be with you oh. so that is coming out may the 4th alongside i believe uh isn't the that one kid show coming out may the 4th too i believe so yeah 
um, what is it called? I don't know the the one about the, the first High Republic show. Yeah, uh, Young Jedi Adventures. Young Jedi Adventures. Yeah. isn't that coming in May fourth? I believe so. Or did they change it? Oh, let me double check. Maybe. Anyways, <laughs> um, so that's gonna. There's nine shorts involved in that, and of course, if it's anything like uh, Volume One. You'll be able to like sit there and essentially watch all of them in like one sitting. Mm. Google um, is telling me April twenty sixth for Young Jedi Adventure, so maybe they moved up, moved it up. Oh, did they? This is mm. what like so this is what Google's telling okay. me anyway. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. Um, so, anyways, excited for that whenever it does show up. But let's move on to the next one. Yeah, and that is Star Wars: The Bad Batch season three mm-hmm. to be the final season. Interesting. Yeah. There's clearly some people who are going to be very tore up about that, and there's some people who are going to be kind of happy about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, me and Braxton have said it many times. If you listen to our podcast, you know that we uh, struggle to find any reason to like The Bad Batch. Yeah. Uh, this, the second season did not change my view on that. Again, were there a couple episodes I really enjoyed? Yes, there yeah. were. But they're so uh, far and few in between that it just is not important to me mm-hmm. um and so i think that for me it's for the best that this is going to be the last season um but i do hope it wraps up with some meaning i hope that they they have some good stuff in this final season um and i and i do think that it makes sense not to go much longer because i think right. that the what it seems the overall narrative has has been now that we've, we're through two seasons is, aside from the Bad Batch just going on goofy little trips and <laughs> right. messing up all Failed the time. Failed heists every time. Um, <laughs> the overall narrative has been that transitioning of the clones um, into, right. you know, and what happens to them and right. all that stuff, which has been the most interesting part of the series. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish it focused on that a little more than it does. Yeah. Um, but anyway... Season still, two. Do you have any? any? Let's say still waiting for our our, uh, our spinoff series of uh, Rex and Echo, right? Uh, rescuing the clones and rehabilitating them. I mean, that's what we're really wanting. <laughs> that would, that would be more interesting to me at this point. But. Yeah, because again, I mean, as you said, and I I completely agree, um, is that uh, you know what what primarily brought me to Bad Batch and why I I did enjoy it is again to see all of the stuff. Well, let me back up, right? Star Wars, as we heard last episode, as as Kathleen Kennedy said, is that George Lucas's vision for Star Wars is that we're going to be moving forward and backwards through a specific timeline. And I would even go as far as to say it's not just forward and backward, but it's also in three dimensions, right? Left and right, up and down. And, uh, you know, again, um, Bad Batch for me was just an extra layer, right, of, of context to what we already know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was cool to see the transition of, of you know, the Republic to the Empire through the eyes of the clones, which, again, as you said, we really didn't get it as much as we really should have because that was the whole point of the show. So, anyway, yeah. um, definitely interested to see how season three wraps it up and see if they focus on that even more and uh yeah just to go from there and and, and see what they th- uh, do with it for sure um so our next one here is uh, kind of exciting one for uh, andrew and i both and that is tales of the jedi is to receive 
a second season. So, Tales of the Jedi, if you are not familiar with it, it was a limited series of, uh, is either what, three episodes each or four episodes each? I think it was four, right? Um, I believe it was four episodes. Oh, six. Oh, so it was three each? Or three each. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, but basically, the show focused around two specific people, and it was Ahsoka and Count Dooku, and it kind of went a progression through both of their lives um, through a series of three episodes each. Um, and, uh, yeah, long story short, you know, it was, it was great. It was really good. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, there's a rainbow outside. Anyway, <laughs> you have to, like, lean up over the thing. Anyway, um Sorry, I'm, I have severe ADHD. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, long story short, it was a great it was a great series. Um, again, and that it, it just goes to show you that animation can be done well, and it can have humor, it can have light moments, but it can also be done really well and and give you some really awesome storytelling. So I'm I'm very excited for se- uh, season two of this. Drew, what do you think? Yeah, I. Uh... I'm very excited. I would love to see this maybe expanded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they tried it out once with the six episodes. The, they were all you know short. They're very short, mm-hmm. and it was. I think it went over well. So I'm hoping maybe it's expanded. Whether that be more episodes or longer episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and we don't know anything else at this point. We do not know who they're going to tell stories about. Um, you know, it's all that's all up in the air, right? So, so let us know. Uh, you know, if, if we get the, well, not if when we get this new season, um, you know, we got Ahsoka and we got Count Dooku. Um, who yeah. would you think that would be a good duo that are you know, because here's the thing Count Dooku and Ahsoka are not really an expected duo, right? In terms of storytelling, necessarily right. speaking. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, let us know who you would like to uh, see as the duo in season two. So, yeah, and of. and yeah, I mean, there's there's so many opportunities, right? When you start to think about oh, yeah. it, who they could who they could tell stories about, and Qui Gon, Qui Gon, Qui Gon would be a good one, and it <laughs> would kind of line up with the fact that we got Liam Neeson back, and mm, yeah, exactly, in uh, in this series, and he's clearly very much willing to come back and reprise, his and roles. then we also his son was in it, who voicing him voicing Qui-Gon as a younger yeah. uh, Padawan. So, like, there is some opportunity there. Uh, but they may feel like that maybe that's too close to what they've already shown in because, yeah, you know, because be. Qui-Gon be. was involved because of Count Dooku. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love I love the first season, and I think there's just so much opportunity here. And, and with the Bad Batch Season 3 coming to a close, Lucasfilm Animation might have – more time and effort to put into this possibly sure. yeah so maybe they can um you know uh make this a little bigger mm-hmm. make this kind of a, a th- hopefully a thing that continues Re-occurring on because thing, yeah. i like yeah. i said i really liked it so i agree yeah so let's uh, move on to our next story and that is that star wars return of the jedi will be back in theaters for the 40th Ooh. anniversary so uh, this was announced at Star Wars Celebration during the 40th anniversary panel. Um, they said there that it is going to head back to theaters on April 28th. It will return to select theaters in the U.S., U.K., and other regions for a limited time, welcoming a whole 
new generation of fans to enjoy a full theatrical presentation of the iconic film for the very first Let's go. time. So uh, they also, there's a new poster that came out with that, and it's actually just a fantastic poster. I oh, really yeah, like I it. agree. It's a gorgeous poster. But it is cool because, you know, uh, like you and me, Braxton, we have – um, we have never been able to, mm-hmm. of course, witness this movie in theaters because yep. uh, we were not born. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you're shy. But now this is an opportunity for us to go and sit in the theater and, and watch it. And I think we probably will. Yeah. Um, because, oh, why not? because it's, it's well, probably, dude, come on. I mean, we're definitely, come on. Not. We got to go watch that. Um, what are you talking about? But this will take place between April 28th through May the 4th. And uh, for you UKers, it'll be <laughs> April 28th through May the 1st. Oh. So you'll have a little bit of a shorter time span there. You guys got sure celebration. Go it, we, get yeah. <laughs> we get a couple <laughs> longer, more days of being able to go watch it. Exactly. So. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, JB. <laughs> Take that, JB. <laughs> Uh, well anyway so yeah guys i would highly encourage you to get out there and check it out because i know i certainly will i'm very pumped about this um you know this is off the it's not off the topic but it's off the grand subject um and that is um two or three years ago that they released all the theatrical releases of lord of the the rings Rings. and um and man i went and watched all of those in the imax theater and it was just I tell you, it was a phenomenal experience. Phenomenal experience. Again, I was alive whenever they came out in theaters, but again, it was one of those things where it was like, I was I was young enough that my parents weren't going to go take me to this, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. Anyway, it came yeah. out in 4K. Yeah. It was awesome. There's always just something special about getting to uh, witness it in a theater. Yeah, There's it just, really It's was. just a different experience. Yeah. So, it'll be, it'll be fun to... Uh, you know, one thing I'm not sure on is what version of this they're showing. I assume That's a good it's good point. The, I I Special edition. I assume it's not the original right. original. I doubt it. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably the special edition that has all of George Lucas's little tweaks in it. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going on online about it, like, oh, it better be the original, it better be the th- actual original theatrical cut. I so, don't think they're willing to I, show that I one anymore. Don't, I don't think it's gonna happen, guys. So yeah. Anyway, but but what I was trying to say though is that, you know, I decided to take the leap to buy three movie tickets to go watch Star Wars or excuse me, Lord of the Rings in theater and it was just it was just a magical experience. It was so awesome. Uh, to see something like that you've only ever seen in home in yeah. such a big context. So I certainly be checking it out and I'm 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 expecting it to give me the same feels. <laughs> so I uh, sure. uh, encourage you guys to hey and let us know too. You know, if you guys go watch it, let us know. We'd love to hear about that. Yes. So let us know your experience. What did you wear? What did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> what did you smell like? What did you smell like? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, don't tell us about that. Um, <laughs> so last but not least, our news piece for today is that Phase 3 of the High Republic publishing series has been revealed. And so Phase 3 will be titled Trials of the Jedi. Yes. So, uh, Drew, what else do we uh, have on that? Yeah, so they, of course, had a High Republic panel and... Um, it was actually a huge panel. I saw pictures, mm-hmm. and and I was at the panel, of course, the year before, and it was a it was a decent sized room, but um, this looked way bigger. So mm-hmm. they've really uh, the the fans really show showed up for it. But one of the the biggest things to come out of this uh, this panel 
was that Vernestra Rowe, mm-hmm. um, who has who played a pretty big um, role within the first season. She's the apprentice to Stellan Gaios. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She is going to be in live action in The Acolyte. Really? Yes. So, no kidding. That's yeah. I, I did not know about that. Yeah, and they brought out the actress who who's going to play her, Rebecca Henderson. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebecca Henderson will be playing uh, her. Of course, she's going to be much older than what she is in in phase and or in the higher public books. She's only again a young apprentice, but at this point, she's going to be, uh, well, I mean, what like. Older. <laughs> She's going to be like over 100. Right? Yeah, you so, think. Yeah, she be. But she is not a human. So I'm sure they, they get away with differently. It. That's how they get away with it. She's like a. I mean, she looks like a green human, but mm-hmm. I don't know what species <laughs> she is. I don't remember. But, anyways, but she's a great character. I actually really like her, her character in phase one. And so I'm excited to see her character progress in phase three because of uh, certain things that happened yeah. in, at the end of phase one Yeah. Um, that I'm not going to spoil here if you maybe haven't gotten through all of phase one yet. But, I mean, you really should have at this point. But just <laughs> in case you haven't, I, I won't say anything. But, um, but anyways, going into phase three uh, should be really interesting for her character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then... We also got um, some new covers, book covers of some of the things like Tales of Light and Life, which we have talked about. That's the the novel that has, a, it's like an anthology mm. series of, of a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different stories there and uh, set in all three phases. Mm. There's all, all different phases. They did show some new uh, new authors going to be joining the higher public, and that is Alyssa Wong, who is the uh, writer for the Doctor Afra comics. Hmm, so cool. she's going to be joining in on the higher public. Um, they said Phase Three uh, will kick off with the Eye of Darkness, and the Eye of Darkness will be the adult novel. Uh, November 14th, 2023, written by George Mann, hmm. which I am super excited about because George Mann is a terrific author. Oh, yeah. he uh, He's wrote some really great Star Wars stuff um, already, and this is kind of his first real big one. Um, I don't think he's had an adult novel yet, um, but this will be his... F- but he's kicking things off for Phase 3 in this <laughs> novel, and I... I would expect this one to, to really hit it out of the park. Yeah. So really excited about that. And then uh, it's going to be followed by two other adult novels to round out that trilogy, which is going to be Temptation of the Force by Tessa mm-hmm. Grattan coming in summer 2024. And then the final novel of Phase 3, which you have to assume is going to r- officially wrap up yeah, everything. Yeah, Republic as we know it. Uh, yeah, um, is going to be called Trials of the Jedi by Charles Soule, who mm. began everything yeah, with yeah, uh, yeah. the first book, Light yeah. of the Jedi. So yeah. he'll be wrapping things up with Trials of the Jedi in spring 2025. Yeah. So that's very exciting. I, yeah, I was going to say, for me personally, I know obviously it's very exciting for you as the as the big uh, reader for Star Wars stuff, um, but for me it's exciting because it's kind of a return to form uh, that Phase 1 had, which 
surprisingly, folks, surprisingly, if you know me, I don't read the Star Wars stuff, which I don't hardly read anything. <laughs> I read all of the main <laughs> adult novels in Phase 1 uh, and thoroughly enjoyed my time doing it. Uh, great stories. Um, mm-hmm. Don't even ask me the titles of the books, but I do remember liking the second one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but anyway, I, I, I'm excited for this to come back and to continue that story and to kind of, like I said, get a kind of return to form uh, for what we saw in phase one. So definitely excited to uh, to see what they do with that. Yeah, for sure. And um, they they kind of, uh, yeah, I, phase two, I've not been a super big fan of, which right. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not done um i do have the the final adult novel still to read and i might feel a little better about it by the time i finish that but as of right now i've been just thoroughly disappointed with what they've had in phase two well it's like even whenever they announced what phase two was all of us were like scratching our head like what like like, why on earth would you go back in time 200 years it's like why would you go ahead and disconnect from these brand new characters that we've never known about before and they're gonna just go ahead and completely disconnect from anyway yeah it's kind of a weird choice and i think most of us are ready to get back to the characters Mm -hmm. we started with in the higher public and and really had started to get invested in and yeah. so that's what we're going to do here. But um, and then they showed us the uh, the young adult novels, uh, the first in phase three being Defy the Storm out in March of 2024. Um, there will also be Tears of the, the Nameless, uh, which is also going to be George Mann. So he's he's really busy, um, really busy in the third <laughs> phase. Yeah. And then. uh and then Into the Light by Claudia Gray, arriving mm. in spring 2025. Nice. So then we have the middle grade novels, which um, we have Escape from Valo, and that's January 30th, 2024, by Daniel Jose Older and Alyssa Wong together. And then we have Beware the Nameless by, uh, by Zareta Cordova, and that's summer 2024. And then... Last, we have A Valiant Vow by Justine Ireland in spring of 2025. So one thing that they they said is that, you know, this, this all is kind of longer gaps in between releases this time. Mm-hmm. For example, in phase one and two, typically when, uh, typically they've released two books at the same time. And then another book comes out like a month later. Um, for each wave mm-hmm. this one they all come out at different times for example the first wave it's going to start with the eye of darkness the adult novel november 14th 2023 the young adult novel is next on march 12th 2024 so mm-hmm. we're talking multiple months yeah uh, gap yeah. there and then um uh, oh, sorry. The middle grade novel was actually before that on January twentieth or January thirtieth, twenty twenty four. So, but still, still a couple months gap in between each book, right? Which I think is actually nice. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of nice to space it out like that, and you kind of get a, a consistent drip, right, of, of yeah. Star Wars right. there. But they're not like, okay, here's like all three books in one month, 
and then you're just trying to catch up. And well, it, it, that's a twofold thing that I think is good. A, like you said, you're not trying to just like catch up, and you're not. It's not overlapping with another one another. You can kind of get excited, anticipate the next one. Mm-hmm. But but secondarily, I think too, you know, this is the end of phase three, which is ultimately into the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense, at least on their end, right? Uh, to, to stretch it out a little bit and, and, you know, like I said, not just give everything up front and like, yeah, well, it's done. Here it is. Right. <laughs> you know I'm saying so. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then of course, uh, the Marvel high Republic comics will continue, um, through phase three, once again, written by Kevin Scott. The first issue of that will arrive in December, 2023. And, then we, um, they did say though, um, that before phase three begins, there are still new stories coming to end phase two. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Says, uh, which will culminate in the night of sorrow. And I don't really know what that means. Sounds like a bummer. <laughs> Well, so yeah, well, yeah. And then sorrow sounds like a bummer, right? But I do, I don't understand where, what format this story is going to be told in. Sure. And it's weird to me that they didn't say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very odd, and so I'm not sure what that means. But right. something is going to come called the Night of Sorrows, so be on the lookout for that. But, um, but yeah, so that that was everything that we learned there. Lots of exciting stuff um ahead for um the higher public and they did also mention that like you know this is the end of the the publishing uh the end of the publishing whatever they called it like project right that they've been working right. on but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's over the higher public is over they're right. you know they're doing more in the higher public it's been such a huge hit that there will be more stories told and it will be interesting to see how exactly they choose to tell more stories in the future in the right. public. Right. Um, but I, but I, what I will say, I hope we get out of this more than anything else is that return to the return to star Wars series being told in books right. like this legends used to do it all the time. And, uh, and then since Disney bought star Wars, we had not had that until now with the higher public. Right. And so I hope even though this might be ending, that Disney Publishing is already working on the next one where they're going to continue to tell an expanded series of books um, like this did with The Higher Public, and it had so much success that I hope that trend continues. And it doesn't have to be right. in The Higher Public. It can be in anything, but just feel like it's a, a, a continuous story that you're getting out of uh, an expansion of books. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'd be good to see what ends up coming up out of that. And uh, for those of you who are interested in the Higher Public series, well, there's a lot of cool things well, coming. Lots of stuff. Yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, so now we're going to jump into our releases. We're not doing rumors because we just had a bajillion stories <laughs> to, yeah. to tell you guys about. Um, so we're going to go straight into our releases here and we do have a couple coming up on the 19th, which is next Wednesday. We have the high Republic adventures, the nameless terror issue. Number two, Yoda issue. Number six, uh, Sanastaros issue. Number three. And of course, last, but certainly not least the Mandalorian season finale will be Ooh. on the Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah. get, uh, strapped in and ready for that one. Because, whatever, whatever, uh, may whatever may come. Whatever may come. Or you know, we here at Jedi Eternal, are of course, hoping for some big stuff. Hoping to really just 
let's be honest, it really needs to hit it out of the park, right? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. They need to really, really get us pumped and ready with whatever comes in this final episode. Yeah. And you know what? Let's make it two and a half hours long. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Why not? Come on. Yeah. No, it's going to be like 29 like, yeah, with credits. Probably. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, exciting stuff right around the corner. Um, so that, that's, that's all we got with that. So Braxton, you want to lead us into some, some, uh, discussions some yeah, community discussions. Some community discussions. And now uh, it's time for some community discussions. And now discussion. it's time for community discussion. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, like I, you know, as everybody got me thrown off on that one, <laughs> as, uh, those of you who follow us know, we like to, every time we, uh, do a podcast, we like to try to reach out to our community of listeners and, uh, have a discussion with you guys have a have a uh, question that we put out there that you guys answer and then we discuss your answers and our thoughts on all of it uh here on air so this week's community discussion is this of all the announcements that we had seen at star wars celebration what are you most excited for and why um so let's just go ahead through them here anthony james johnson says i think of all the announcements maybe the acolyte or the dawn of the jedi I feel like they have the ability to tell the most unrestricted story as almost everything, save a few Jedi and Acolyte, are entirely new creations. Uh, Alex Mason goes to say, The Heir to the Empire movie and Dawn of the Jedi. Um, John Stutzman says, I'm excited to see Daisy, uh, Daisy Ridley return to raise Skywalker, the new Jedi Order. Uh, JB says, The Acolyte for me, a story told from the Sith. Oh yes, sign me up. And last but not least, Corey Allen Wise says, The Acolyte, a story about the dark side, the main focus on the dark side of the Force, will be most interesting. Also, the potential that the Dawn of the Jedi uh, has just the thought of it blows my mind. If they do it right, we can see uh, the first Force user, the rise of the Jedi Order, and the fall of the Sith as well. So exciting. I could go on and on, but not enough space. Corey? I think you echo all of our sentiments. There is a ton to be excited for. Um, of course, there's the most of you guys hit some of the big hitters, you know, those big three movies, right? We got the Dawn of the Jedi. We got the new uh, Jedi Order. And, of course, we got the kind of quote-unquote Heir to the Empire movie as well. Um, again, there's, there is so much to be excited for. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is hard to just choose one. Um because of the continuation, and this is what me and Andrew kind of already talked about last week, um, because of the continuation of what we already know and love um, that's been going on recently with the shows, I think the kind of the um, D- Dave Filoni, Heir to the Empire-esque movie that's coming out, I think is probably, uh, I won't speak for Andrew, but but is, is probably my most uh, anticipated thing for sure. Um but yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of great things um, that could happen in the Dawn of the Jedi movie. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity there to tell some very interesting things. Um, and as, uh, who said it? Uh, I have to go back and check. Oh yeah, Anthony James Johnson said that he is, you know, tell the most unrestricted story. And I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I think that there is so much there. And it is thousands of years right before uh the skywalker saga and so again um it is going to be you know and again i don't want to get too deep into this but but it does fall into that that thing of like what makes star wars star wars you know Mm kind of talked about last week you know and when you get so far away from the skywalker saga and all the characters we know and love and kind of the, the 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 
typical things you come to expect with Star Wars. Uh, when you're thousands of years away from that, it can be very easy to lose touch with what makes Star Wars Star Wars. But anyway, I, I'm kind of rambling, but I'm excited to see what they do with that and, and see how they try to keep that that thread of Star Wars as we know and love it yeah. into you know, a, a potentially thousands of year old story, right? Yeah. Do you think the lightsaber is going to have big battery packs? <laughs> well, right. Yeah. It's uh, what, what do they call that? Right. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. It's like the original. So in, in, uh, in legends, right. There was a Dawn of the Jedi type mm-hmm. story and, uh, yeah, they have lightsabers. has like they have a big old battery pack and like a cable attached to it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um, it's escaping me, but I don't know. We'll see. If well, cause you do have to imagine, that. you know, with Dawn of the Jedi, we're we're talking, we're going so far back. There has to be, there has to be visual difference, right? Well, you'd imagine, Cause, yeah. Because you know the High Republic, you know it doesn't really change that much. Other proto than saber. it's a proto saber. Proto saber. There you go. <laughs> other than of course, like the, um, it does have uh, the hyperspace lanes and stuff they've not like figured all that out just yet right and so we're going even farther back so maybe that's not even a thing you know yeah Yeah. stuff like that and then you wonder i'll be very curious to see how much technology Mm -hmm. is still utilized in in these in this series of dawn of the jedi yeah yeah because you know it's the technology that really makes star wars feel like sci-fi right, right? Yeah, yeah so if the so let's if they go the route of it's going to be very uh primitive then it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard it's not gonna feel like like star wars very yeah. much without yeah. the sci-fi feel and it, they gotta be careful with that because you're gonna you you're careful. gonna get some people mad about that but you know you can still have alien recognizable alien species and mm-hmm. of course the force so there are ways to still recognize it as right. star wars i guess but it'll be interesting to see just how far they take it i guess with I that agree. because th- there's not there's nothing saying they won't keep it established in sci-fi like they still use ships and stuff there's nothing saying they won't do that right i really don't know what they'll do right. it'll be interesting yeah, it, to see. it is difficult to say what will still be available at that at point in time yeah. but but for you though i mean what is your most anticipated thing from star Wars celebration that they announced Oh, it's definitely the heir to the empire. Okay, movie. I figured that was the um, answer, but I didn't want to answer for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know it's something I've been predicting for a long time. Um, you know, they're not calling it heir to the empire. It may not even end up being called heir to the empire, but it is absolutely going to be the the canon version of what heir to the empire was for legends. Right, that's what this right. is going to be, and it's the culmination of of the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and the Ahsoka series. And really, even more than that, it's a culmination of uh, of rebels and even to a to a extent Clone Wars and sure. it, it's leading into so many things and 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 really, you could even look at it as a continuation of the original trilogy, right? It's telling it's going to be building off of the the blocks of of stories that have been established in the original trilogy. And there's room for characters we know and love. Um, you know, I talked about it last week that, you know, we're going to have a, uh, Ahsoka and we're going to have um, a Boba Fett and we're going to have Mando and we're going to have uh, Luke Skywalker. And we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. when you when you think about it, it's 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 really kind of crazy. It's a very um, ambitious project. 
Yeah. For sure. And it, you know, you're going to have all of these, these characters. And so really to me, it's, if they do it right, there's not really much more I could be hyped about. Right. Than, yeah. Than that. Yeah. I, you know what I want this, you know what I want from this more than anything. What? I'm going to go ahead and say it here and you guys can write it down. Okay. Write it to put, <laughs> uh, write it down, put a, put a little note next to it, the time and date when you heard it. And then you can see if I was right or wrong, but what I want from how I, how I envision this movie going is having all of these different groups come together, okay, to fight against Thrawn's empire, okay, mm-hmm. which we've already talked about. You know, you're going to have the bounty hunters, and you're going to have the, the or well, the underworld, or whatever you want to call it. You're going to have right. uh, the man, the Mandalorians, and you're going to have the New Republic, and you're going to have the Jedi, and blah, 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 right? You're going to have all these different groups yeah. that come together. But what I, I I I do see it as the Avengers, okay, of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what Avengers I'm and what right? I'm most hyped about is this idea of of them all having like their moment, okay? Right, right. Like what in the big showdown, right. them each having like their moment to shine, and right. like how cool it could potentially. And, be. and they kind of like utilize what their special right. thing is exactly. Whatever, maybe, utilize maybe. whatever you know. There's gonna be a moment where Boba Fett is gonna just do something really cool, and then with his rancor, <laughs> yeah. Well, possibly, yeah, yeah. And then you might have him on his rancor, and and uh, Mandalorian Manda or Din, he may be on a. Uh, mythosaur mythosaur Maybe. who knows we'll see we'll actually see. it seems like Bo might end up on the mythosaur i don't know we'll see somebody is going to be on a mythosaur listen okay <laughs> i know we're skipping ahead here uh but for chapter eight or no, sorry uh chapter 24 or whatever but last episode mm-hmm. of mando season yeah. three they're on well okay <laughs> i'm just gonna i just had an idea and i want to say it but i'm yeah, like i'm trying we'll, to skip we'll, ahead. we'll talk about it i'll pause it down i will guarantee you i'll forget it <laughs> write but, it down <laughs> Um, I, I think I know where you're going with it, but write it down. Uh, so don't don't talk about my band. <laughs> uh, but but what I see is is like I want this to to have the Luke Skywalker moment that we always wanted in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I, I completely and, agree. And we got a cool moment in Mando season two, but like I want to see him really do some something really awesome. And you know what's interesting to me? I've been thinking about this, and I know we're kind of getting like. In this weird, uh, we're not really talking about what we were talking about anymore, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's we kind of still are. And these movies, the, the announcements of these movies are still fresh, so I hope you guys probably don't really care if we kind of just expand on these on this mm-hmm. a little more since it's been another week to sit on it and think about it. And that's why I feel like we can do this. Um, <laughs> and I, honestly, I don't really care. Whoa. <laughs> he you went can, there. You can skip ahead if you don't like it, but... Um, <laughs> but I think that uh, I've been thinking about it, and we have Ahsoka, right? We have Ahsoka mm-hmm. Tano that's going to be in this series, and, and she's going to obviously be in the movie. And she's, uh, you know, she was trained by Anakin Skywalker. Right. Uh, she was she gone through the Clone Wars. She's been a Jedi for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And then you have Luke Skywalker, who really has only been a Jedi for what? I mean, not that long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not anything, pretty early on. Not anything it. close to, to Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. However, he is a Skywalker, mm-hmm. and he is, um, in the end, 
he is the reason that um, the Empire was defeated. Sure. Right? I mean, he played a big role in that. And um, and he's, you know, considered the hero of of the story. He is right. the hero of of Star Wars. Right. Right? I yeah. mean, pretty much. I mean, you could some argue Anakin still ends up being the hero, but yeah. I would say Luke Skywalker is considered the hero of, of Star Wars. I would say so. Um so for me, looking at this movie is gonna be interesting because how do you how do you balance that? Right, right. How do you give how do you how do you give Ahsoka who has the seniority um the attention she needs while also Luke though having the 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 junior level of uh you know whatever but being the biggest character yeah I mean, how do you how do you balance that how do you balance that because you would assume ahsoka you would again you would assume ahsoka can just absolutely kick luke skywalker's you butt would, you would think so yeah right yeah and some people might roll over in their grave right now me saying that i mean there might be people screaming at me uh, uh, listening to this on their podcast i don't know yeah but I'm just saying that based off experience and and yeah. everything, and you know she's been doing it for a long time. She has a lot of battle experience, and a lot of battle experience. Trains with, with trained with his dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right with a Skywalker, even yeah. and all this stuff, and and so she should be pretty insane at this point, right? You'd imagine, yeah. And then you have Luke Skywalker, who, granted, in his in his big moment in season two was just absolutely Kikuba, yeah. just destroying. Yeah. But he technically, you wouldn't think he would be as good as Ahsoka yet. However, though, he is a Skywalker. And as we know, affinity, the Skywalker right? bloodline has this this uh, strength in the force that really mm-hmm. no one else seems to have. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like, right? Even, I yeah. mean, with, with Kylo Ren even, and um, they seem to have this extra um, force power that, Right is untapped with everyone else. So, with that, I'm just curious. I'm I'm, I'm curious how they're gonna p- play that out. Like, oh yeah. Will Ahsoka yeah. be better? Will Luke just n- somehow be better? Will are they gonna be kind of like equals? Equals? Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's gonna be really interesting. It, it will be interesting to see if they they even like address that. Like if there's some kind of like slightly meta thing or like where they're kind of like sussing each other out. You know what I'm saying? Like in, on the battlefield. I don't know. I mean, I, I doubt it. But it would be interesting to see if they even kind of like innuendically address that but we'll yeah see. or maybe they'll just kind of just ignore it and just, and just have them both on. just be really really yeah, awesome kicking butt. which yeah. is fine i'm okay with yeah that. yeah yeah exactly um i just i want luke to to get his big heroic moment i want, I, yeah, I want exactly. that i want that exactly. in this series. in his prime you know i mean yeah. even in, like this maybe not be his prime prime but I mean, it's arguable i guess but you, you see what i'm saying yeah because like you know i mean not to harp on the on the same broken string but it's like you know we got kind of robbed of that. <laughs> you know? We, uh, we, we, we kind of got robbed of that. So, so we've seen him some good instances of Luke, of course, uh, yeah, in his prime in, um, uh, battlefront. Yeah. Yeah. Battlefront two. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, but not, not live action. And when we get to this movie, I mean, we don't know who the main characters of this movie will be. Right. Yet, right? right. Cause even if it's, a group of characters, you know, it's, you're still going to have like a main cast. And I would assume, I would assume the Mandalorian's probably going to be in that mm-hmm. considered part of the main cast. Ahsoka, mm-hmm. 
I would say Luke will not be. Well, and I was about to say the same thing. I think he, Luke deserves to be one, but due to kind of the technological due, limitations, right, of it's going to be harder doing, to. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be harder to make him like a prominent character right. in it. That was because my of, well. you know, because Mark Hamill is an old man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's basically exactly. what it comes down to. Exactly, and it's um, a lot of money for them a lot to of pour money, into a lot of work. to to changing the voice to using you know yeah. CGI and all the things that they have to to, to morph without his just face completely just recasting. And I don't. And so right. far, they've not shown willingness to do that. No, so. and, and and that's arguable if we even want that. So. It is very arguable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe he'll just get a shining moment within the movie. He's going to be in the movie. He mm. has to be in. The oh movie, yeah, but. yeah. He may not play as big of a role as he did in the Legends Heir to the Empire, which, of course, he was um, very prominent. He's yeah. very prominent in it, yeah. but I, I don't think he was going to be that prominent in this one. But right. anyways, I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah. It, if you're listening, go ahead and just take a few seconds and comment, um, whether you're commenting on Facebook or commenting on uh, Patreon or commenting on Apple Music, whatever it may be, just find somewhere to comment to us. And tell us who you think is, I guess, really who you think is the the stronger Jedi at this point. Yeah, very do curious. Think, very do curious. you think that it's Ahsoka or do you think it's Luke Skywalker? Is Ahsoka yeah. the the better because of her years of experience or is Luke Skywalker because he has that Skywalker bloodline? We'd be curious to see what you guys think. But yeah, absolutely. Anyways. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you guys so much for your discussion. Uh, we absolutely appreciate you guys reaching out to us and answering these questions. Again, we say it every time, but I'll continue to say it because it truly does mean so much to us that uh, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to talk with us and answer these questions because I, the interaction with you guys is what really makes the podcast. It's it's, it's so true because um, otherwise it would just me and Andrew talking, which we already do yeah, already. So. And we already do that. So um, you guys um, jumping in and talking to us means the world to us, and it keeps us going. It's, it's interactions with you guys, and when you interact with us, that we're like, oh, you know what? They – do still pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. We're not, uh, we're not alone. In this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it does. It does give you some round booster there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, let's go ahead and move on now to our main topic, and of course, that is the review and discussion of Mandalorian chapter twenty three, or you can call it season three, episode seven, which again is the penultimate or second to last episode of this season. And this uh, episode is called The Spies. And um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I'll just go ahead and, again, we're going to go ahead and say full spoilers, um, as we always do. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it with our thoughts and jumping into what the contents of the episode. So I will just go ahead and say, of course, as typical fashion of Mandalorian, uh, the, uh, the second to last episode and the last episode are always the best episodes of the season, almost invariably. Um, and it is following a form of fashion here. Uh, episode seven was a very good episode. Um, you know, there's things that maybe you could argue like it could be better or whatever, differently, whatever. Right. But it was a really good episode and, and I hate to be the guy, but I'll just say like going from episode six to episode seven, it's just kind of laughable, the difference, but, but anyway, right. Yeah. This season is has just been a mystery to me. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what their discussions were. But, you know, I I watched this this episode and I immediately I immediately was like, you know what? We could have had one episode 
that kind of got us where we needed to be with the the whole Mandalorian mm-hmm. being united. Maybe two episodes. Yeah. Okay. And to get us where we needed to be with them. And this could have been like the third episode. Yeah. Because this is finally getting to like, this is like, oh, now we're finally like kind of where we left off after season two. Like now it feels like this is actually part of the story, like mm-hmm. really part of the story of, of the Mandalorian that, that we've gotten. Um, but for some weird, odd reason, we spent six yeah. episodes telling the story of the Mandalorians uniting and most of that wasn't even actually spent on that. It was just like parts of it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's such weird. It was weird. It was very weird. Weird pacing this season, weird creative decisions uh, throughout. But last week's episode was such a a joke in my opinion, but wow. Such a return to fashion, right? (laughs) Yeah. Such a return to form in this episode. Um, this is what I'm talking about. This is the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, this is absolutely. what I love. Absolutely, and this- so so let me. Yeah, I mean, and just just again, we're kind of jumping all over the place, right? But I, I do want to just go ahead and say this, and to to further your point that you were just talking about, you know, it just felt so dis, disjointed. And you're like, why? Where is this going? There is no. And I said this uh, either last episode or the, or the episode before. It just feels like there's no direction. There's just no specific thing that they're they're trying to do, and uh, yeah. But what's funny is again. Again, spoiler alert, and we're jumping around, but of course we get the return of uh, Moff Gideon, right? And uh, come to find out, all of this time, Moff Gideon has been uh, kind of the pseudo leader, but kind of not. He's like just, or a member of like this imperial council that is still kind of underground and exists and stuff, but just, just working its way up. And, um, but, but the way they explained it within this episode was that all this time, right? All this time he's been working in the background, trying to separate the Mandalorians, trying to cause discord throughout the, um, the galaxy and and, and trying to undermine things so that he can rise to power again. Right. Um, but, but it's just funny because it's like, if that's true, why did we not hear about this sooner than we did, right? Why did they wait until the second to last episode to tell us that was the case? Because here's the thing. You want to have a big drop, right? You want to have a big drop that's Gideon again. And you can argue whether that was a good or bad decision. You know, that's, uh, you know, I'm not going to make that 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 comment here now because I do think it's a good character, but, but you know, it's kind of like, oh, Palpatine returned again somehow. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but long story short, what I'm trying to make is that, uh, Here's the thing, you don't want you don't want to to spoil the the drop. I get that, but throughout the the season what you could do is say like there's someone doing this. Mm-hmm. And then there's clearly something happening. There's somebody that's manipulating things in the background and and, and letting the audience know in the most non-meta way possible that there's something happening that we're going to have to get our our morale together right get our troops together try to get the mandalorians together to fight whoever this is and then Mm -hmm. surprise episode seven it's gideon and then we get our what we got in this episode again it's just like it was also it's just like a weird like you know rip the blanket off you know Mm -hmm. push you into cold water like whoa what just happened you know where did this come from right yeah now i will say i was excited um for the appearance of the shadow council um yeah now the shadow council was uh was originally established in after the aftermath trilogy um the aftermath trilogy created the shadow council 
Um, and mm-hmm. within that, uh, uh, Brendel Hux, who is the the father of of Hux from uh, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, General Hux. Yeah, he he's like the last remaining one. I think by the end of the aftermath series, I think he may be the one of the only ones left. And and so that kind of establishes um, his his role in creating the First Order. So uh, what we're seeing here at this point, and he's still there, um, being uh, Brindle Hux being played by um, by Gleason from um, or wait, is that right? Gleason's that his last name? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it's the guy who plays Gen- General Hux in in the sequel trilogy. Mm, I think it's Gleason. Yeah, it is his brother that is playing his yeah. father. <laughs> it's like the kind of insulting to the brother, so, but yeah. you know, when I- <laughs> so um, he's in this, so that's cool. And so, but what we're seeing here is is the the beginning of the First Order. That's what yeah. we're seeing. It, yeah, we're absolutely. Seeing, um, this, you know, these these last remaining uh officers of the empire they're kind of coming together and they're they're planning um and and we we see them talk about project necromancer Mm -hmm. which they don't necessarily say it but i feel pretty safe to say that that is them working on bringing back palpatine oh yeah absolutely um so it's it's if you ever had any wonders if they were going and, and we've talked about this before if they were going to ignore the sequel trilogy or they were going to retcon the sequel trilogy uh here's your answer no they're not going no, to they're, they're actually going to do everything they can to to bridge <laughs> bridge, it. Yeah. bridge it to the sequel trilogy to make you appreciate the sequel trilogy more to accept the sequel trilogy i think that is their goal i think they you know i think dave filoni most likely mm-hmm. he's He's sitting there saying, you know what? These are the, the, this is the, the sequel trilogy is where we're headed. It is what it is, right? So just like what I did with the Clone Wars for the prequels, mm. I'm going to try to do for the sequels. I mm. think that's what in his head, what he's trying to do here. Yeah. Because whether you love and, it or not, it is the movies that we got, you know, it, it is the movies that we got. So, right. And, and it's the inevitable future. So right. what can we put into our series to expand on that and to enhance sure. that? And yeah. I think that's what they're trying to do here. And so this is a way to start to see some of those pieces starting to fall together. Sure. Of course, we still are a long ways away before we yeah. reach uh, before we reach the sequel trilogy. Yeah. But there's still a lot that has to happen in order to get us to where we're at in the sequel trilogy. Oh yeah, absolutely. To get into the episode itself, you know, uh, you know, we see what's her face. I can't even remember her name, but the 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 traitor girl that we always knew that was not uh, loyal to the New Republic. Um, but she meets kind of in the back alleys um, with a probe droid, and we see that that first. Uh, you know, that first reveal of Gideon uh, through a hologram. But the, what I want to point out was that when we first see him walking towards the Shadow Council, uh, it was <laughs> it was just so cool that we get to see these red force fields as he's walking, like, slowly open up and, and dissipate. And as he's continue. It just reminded me of Episode 1, Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when, they, when they're fighting in those corridors, I uh, just kind of remind me of that. But we also get the first uh, look at these new... Uh, you know, stormtroopers, you know, or leading towards some sort of like, you know, a first order trooper or whatever. But you can tell that they're very different. You can tell they're kind of a little more elite. Um, 
so yeah, it was uh, very cool to see that, of course. And like I said, and as, as, as we just talked about, uh, the discussions of the Shadow Council. Now, in within that, we do hear them talking about how, um, you know, some of them were disagreeing. Some of them said that we need to we need to get a big show of power out there uh, to show that we're we're back in business and and create fear. And if there's any you know imperial loyalists that they come um, back to the fold, so to speak, and uh, so they get some support. Um, and then some of them were saying that no, no, we need to stay underground and in the shadows and stuff and, and make it look like we're just you know warlords and not an actual imperial resurgence um, to stand under the radar. And then of course, like I said, we hear about uh, the return of Thrawn. Um, from, I can't remember who was saying that necessarily off the top of my head. Um, but it was very cool to see. I think it was Peleon. Was, Pe- it was Peleon, yeah. And Peleon, again, is another uh, Legends character that has come back. He, yeah. was, he was a prominent character in in the Thrawn books because he's he's kind of like a... Um, he was he was sort of like a, a right hand man to Thrawn in a sense, yeah. And so it's interesting to see him back, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him moving forward. You know, this is just a a, a slight offshoot here, but you know, I, I'm just I'm so thankful for what Dave Filoni, coupled with John Favreau, have done for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very regrettable back in like what 2012 or 2000. 14 or whatever it was whenever Disney took over and just basically retconned all of the legends. Yeah. There was a lot of us, oh, excuse me, I was a little peaky there. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of us who have, you know, read a lot of the legends and has a, had this very specific story of, of what happens after the, the saga, right. And what happens before the saga and all this stuff. And, um, Anyway, long story short, obviously the way Disney took this, we can't have the story that we used to have. But what I really appreciate is that Dave, along with John, have been slowly reintroducing a lot of these uh, legends elements, right? And yeah. so I just I really respect that. Um, yeah, and they've been and and they've been making it work within uh, the current canon, exactly. However, that they can, yeah, it, new twists on familiar things, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, so uh, like I said, we hear Paleon talking about Thrawn, and then of course Gideon kind of comes uh, comes in and is like, "Listen, I don't care about Thrawn. Where's Thrawn at right now? Where has he been? You know, when we tried to to, to take over, you know, basically in season two, right? And um, he says, "I'm I'm basically taking over. I'm not allowing Thrawn to to you know be this legend that everybody talks about." Anyway, so uh, they agree that oh oh. So the last thing was that of course. Um, there was news that the Mandalorians were starting to uh, band together back again and become its, you know, it try to try to bring back the former glory of Mandalore. So they're bind, binding together and then going back to Mandalore to um, to regain their home world. And uh, they say, well, that could, you know, put a hamper on our progress. And at first, we kind of like, why? Why is that a thing, right? Why um, why would that be an issue? Um, but basically they said, hey, we're just going to have to go in and destroy these guys. Um, so they agree. But uh, what we see, though, right after that, of course, is the Mandalorians. They're taking their fleet off of Navarro and heading towards Mandalore. And it's just so cool to see all these Mandalorians together in this huge, like, fleet heading back to Mandalore. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah. Very cool to see that. But uh, anyway, what did you have something to say? No. Oh, well, you looked at me. It just, no, no, no. I was I just know. listening. My apologies. I was just listening. Uh, 
that. So basically, they're the, before you know, as they're going, they're saying like, you know, we need to get some people on the ground to search for the Great Forge. And so there's several of them that get selected. You know, the armor goes. Of course, Din and and Bo-Katan goes. Of course, we got uh, um, uh, Paz. Yeah, Paz Vizsla goes. And now, uh, actually. The Grogu thing's already happened at this point, right? I think we should talk about the Grogu. That's true. Yeah. I, I, Gro- part of me is wanting to skip over yeah. that. <laughs> oh, no. We're talking about it. So, Grogu yeah, yeah. Um, is but, given... Well, this so, is before they leave this Navarro. before they leave right? Navarro. Yeah. And um, Carl Weathers, he's... Um, oh, Carl. He's, he's gotten those, the Anzellians, to go ahead and, and finish the IG-11, who is now IG-12. Yeah, and um, yeah. and now he is remote controlled, mm-hmm. and so stripped um, of all of his uh, everything but his motor functions. So Grogu can sit in there, and the, <laughs> and I like when the Zelan gets out, and he's like, "Bad baby, bad baby, not <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid, so and stupid. I love it. Yeah, and I love it so bad much. Bad baby, bad baby. <laughs> <laughs> you did that way too well. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you so much. You little Anzel in you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was um, it, that was cute. But anyway, uh, and so Grogu gets in there, and now what what we have here, and I think I know you're not super big on on this, uh, him being in it. And, uh, and, and I'll, I'll preface. I'll just say I didn't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I didn't know how and, to. Feel and about what was it. funny is he immediately. Starts spamming the no button. Just no, 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 no. Yes, and like, yes. Just goes to further that Grogu is such a little, uh, little punk. Little child like he's punk. such a little punk, and I love it. Um, but and now he's this like, stinking like, mech suit that he can cause yeah, havoc yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, now. and Grogu, <laughs> or, or, and then Dan, of course, is like, "Oh well, uh, no, you know, you know." And Grogu's just totally ignoring him and just keeps <laughs> spamming no, and. And uh, oh boy! And then it shows them like walking later, and he's still just like, except he's saying yes. He was yes, saying yes, yes at that point. Yes, yes, yes. yes just over and over. So stupid. <laughs> and then but, he like immediately sees something he wants to eat, so he just uh, goes over there and goes over there and, and taking it from people. It. And they're like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. What are you doing? And then Den's like, I'm gonna find money to. Anyway, I thought all that was fun. I liked it. Yeah. But, oh, sorry, I just dropped my phone. Wow. Um, I thought all that was pretty fun. But what I I think is actually. Uh, really great about this, really smart about this, mm-hmm. is what they are doing here. I think more than anything is they're creating a way for Grogu to be part of the story, but not always be limited by the fact that he's either going to go really slow or he's in his, his little pod thing. Yeah. But putting him in this essentially a mech suit, he's going to be able to keep <laughs> up with the rest yeah. of the gang. They can do all kinds of crazy stuff and he can be right there in the action and it yeah. not cause like well, we can't do this because Grogu's, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I think that's the main purpose of why they've chosen sure. to do this. Yeah, it and makes so sense. For that, I think it does make sense so that we can continue to have Grogu along for the ride, but not necessarily be limited by that. And what's re- also cool is I think we have no doubt he's going to have to, he's going to have to step in and help out next um, next episode, right? For the sure, finale. Yeah. Like, I well, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that he is the one that actually ends up saving. Well, Mando. so yeah, to skip ahead, right? You know, Mando gets captured, and usually it's Mando protecting Grogu, right? But now, right. It's, now that he's got his his Godzilla three thousand suit on, <laughs> uh, throw, throw throw back to anyone who knows what that is. Shout out to anyone who knows this. Um, anyway, uh, 
but yeah, he's going to have to basically go save him now. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see that. So anyway, so directly after the IG-12 debacle, um, <laughs> that's when they, they, you know, determine, hey, you know, who's going to go on the surface and stuff. And that's what they decide. So they leave the go, go to Mandalore. And so they get to the surface. And what's really interesting is like almost immediately as they hit the surface, we see like this kind of very large ship, uh, land ship. Um, that 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 comes up to them, and they're not sure what it is at first, but then slowly but surely, uh, you know, we hear a voice saying like, you know, is that Lady Bo-Katan Kreese? And she's like, yes, it is. And all of a sudden, like jetpacks, and they realize it's Mandalorian survivors from the Siege of Mandalore. Um, so that was really cool. I mean, it was really interesting to see kind of these really um, ragged, frazzled. Mandalorians, you know, they got their armor on, but they have like rags draped over them mm. and like cloaks and stuff. Yeah. And it was just kind of interesting to see. Now, I will say it was very convenient that they just happened to be at that one spot that they landed and they showed up at the right time. So either either that was just like kind of goofy writing or it's 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 a omen for the future. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know because it just seemed very convenient that, um, you know, they showed up just the right time that mm-hmm. they landed anyway yeah so, I mean, so that was very cool and they talked about how they're still loyal to Bo-Katan and uh, knew that they would eventually come back for them and, and all that kind of stuff so what they realize of course is that uh, you know there's a lot of sick among them so the armor decides to take those back to uh, you know the sick back to the fleet main fleet for treatment uh, but uh, so they said for the rest of you who are, are well enough you know please come with us to help search for the the great forge and they said well we will do you one better we know exactly where it's at so they're on their way making their way slowly to uh to that of course and um oh i do have to say i like the part they're in that you know they're in their weird ship thing which i couldn't help but get callbacks to rebels when they found the uh when they found um rex and the other clones and they were out in the oh, desert. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I, I was yeah. really giving me callbacks yeah. to that when I saw that thing. But anyway, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. But when they when they uh, were all in there and they get in that fight, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So so uh, Paz Vizla and uh, Axe Wolf or whatever his name yeah. is, they they get into an they argument. Get into an argument. And I love the part where they're like, well, there's nothing. Mando's like, should I step in? And, and Bo's like, there's nothing we can. Yeah, neither side our... can do that. So know. they're they're uh, they're just watching, and it's getting mm-hmm. pretty intense. And then all of a sudden, Grogu comes in. And, and <laughs> With just, his mech suit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and stops it. Yeah. And I think that is uh, kind of an important moment there. Well, and, and then she's like, did you teach him that or? Or mm-hmm. he's, yeah, is that what she said? Wait, well, so so she said, uh, oh, no, you she taught, taught your apprentice, apprentice well. well. Yeah, and he yeah, said, yeah. well, I didn't teach him and that. He goes, yeah, and he's like, he didn't learn that from me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting. So thing. there's very two very cool things about that that I want to mention. A, I think that that's kind of a scene that they're trying to sh- demonstrate and show that Grogu is capable of doing something mm-hmm. now that, that it may not be big, but he's able to do something now to mm-hmm. stop these two from fighting. But secondarily, I thought it was actually kind of a cool callback. Uh, he said, you know, you taught your prince. Well, well, he didn't learn that from me. Well, who did he learn it from? And I think it was kind of cool reminiscent back to his training with Luke. And because yeah. that stopping the fighting right. and being a mediator is very mm-hmm. Jedi. Like, you know, I thought that was kind of, yeah. Cool. And I, I kind of took it like that as well. And I also, I also kind of took it, 
uh, comedic as well too. Because well, right, yeah. Mando <laughs> saying he didn't learn that from me. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You know, he gets in a fight with Jawas and and shoots out his <laughs> <laughs> flames. I still love that. that from I the, love from that the first so season much. when they're all just fighting arguing and, and all of a sudden he just, fire. <laughs> just <laughs> shoots fire out of his arm. Um, um, well, they he's came a long way though. He's come a long way. He's <laughs> but, come uh, a long way. Um, but I think that with with Grogu here, you know, we're seeing. I think a, a whole nother side to it is like, you know, the the Mandalorians are all so stuck in their traditions and stuff, so they're right. like, oh, we can't do anything here. But Grogu doesn't care about that, right? But he sees sure. that, you know, you both. It, it it would be stupid for one of you to die right now because of this, yeah. and so he yeah. he kind of steps in and he's showing there is actually you can do something. Sure, right? You yeah. could do something, and I think that's kind of what. You know, he, this new way of thinking that some of them are having a, a hard time adapting to, but Grogu um, has no issue right. showing. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. Anyway. Very cool. Um, so, anyway, uh, moving on here. So, as they're, you know, this kind of gets resolved, and as they're, you know, heading towards the Great Forge, all of a sudden, like this random monster just pops up out of nowhere and uh, absolutely just obliterates their land ship. <laughs> And so, which yeah, drives them into the caves, right? Which there was absolutely like no purpose There's in like that. No reason for this in that thing, other than like, I mean, I guess it was cool looking. I don't know. Well, and so again, I, I feel like it's very convenient that this happened because again, it just perfectly happened that it blew up their land ship and stopped them from going to where they wanted to go and had to make them go through the caves, which ultimately led them to where they needed to be, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of convenient, but. But so anyway, they blow up and they they're trying to escape from this this beast, and uh, so they get uh, into these caves or whatever. And as they're making their way through these caves, what's very interesting, right, is that as they're making way through these caves, it becomes less and less um, cave-like, and it gets more technological, right? Like you start seeing wall panels, and you start seeing some some hallways and stuff. Like what is going mm-hmm. on? And so. I'm thinking my pacing is correct here when I say that they're walking through and all of a sudden they get attacked, right? Oh, yeah, because they see they see some jetpacks in the distance. They're like, oh, is it, it's more Mandalorians. Hooray, more survivors. Yeah. <laughs> so they get start getting fired upon. And, and lo and behold, it's the new uh, troopers that was commissioned by... Um, I was commissioned by uh, Gideon and come to find out, you know, they're very heavily based after Mandalorians. And uh, <clears throat> they got Beskar armor, they got jetpacks, and they got all that good stuff. So they're fighting for a little bit. And um, so at this point, I'm like, well, this is really convenient. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just so happens that, you know, the last scene, Gideon decides that they need to go fight the Mandalorians. And then all of a sudden, they just happen to be in the caves of Mandalore all of a sudden with them. Mm-hmm. Well... It gets resolved because directly after this battle, they run through these caves and all of a sudden now it's fully technological. It looks like the empire, you know, like an imperial base. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they get through this um, hangar bay and right as they go through the hangar bay, you know, these doors shut and it blocks off all of the Mandos um, except for Din Djarin. But basically what you see, though, right, is TIE fighters, TIE bombers. Of course. And then what does Din do? Wow, I'm not sure what you're going for on that one. What's he do as soon as he gets as soon as he gets oh, so they cut. start fighting and they so they boom 
Jeep, yeah, or well, a flamethrower. Flamethrower. <laughs> right. He always results to the flamethrower. Dude, immediately. Listen, immediately, just, a, all of a sudden, he's just, he's just like spraying <laughs> the flamethrower everywhere. And if I had a flamethrower, I absolutely would be I using it. I know, it's just it funny because it just description. seems like that's always his answer. You know? Now, here's what I was going to, this is what I was like saying to my TV. I'm like, what? Dude, where's your fireflies at? Or whatever they call them, right? The, the dragonflies or the little wrist rockets that he had. Like, oh, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. we haven't seen that at all except for like the very beginning of season two, I believe. And I'm like, dude, those things are deadly. Where are those at? And apparently they don't exist. I know they made mention when he used them that were like, oh, they're very rare. I don't, Yeah, I don't know that he has any but anymore. I don't care. Anyway. But, well, but uh, the... So what I what else? Oh, uh, hold on, hold on. Come on, <laughs> I had it. Oh, I forgot. I right, go ahead. I'll I'll remember in a second. Oh boy. You know, anyway, so basically, what my point was with all of that is that come to find out, the reason it was an issue, the reason they have to fight the Mandalorians, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, convenient that they just happened to show up. It was because they were already there. Because Gideon's base that he ran to was on Mandalore this whole time. That was a pretty, Surprise. pretty stinking cool. Uh, yeah, and so basically, you, yeah, they they've been underground there mining uh, Beskar, and and then also I think you know they were telling the lies of 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 that it was uninhabitable, mm-hmm. right, and kind of yeah. spreading that, yeah. spreading the rumor, and and so yeah. keeping people away from there. And so the fact Which that makes perfect sense. Right? The fact that they had planned to come back now now puts makes them a very big threat. Uh, that the, that the Mandalorians wanted to come back, right? So, anyways, yeah, it's pretty interesting, and and I think that uh, you know we have uh, we have Gideon here now in his own his own uh, dark trooper suit, yeah. forged with Beskar. Yeah, but let me ask you something. Or, go ahead. Uh, oh, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me ask you something about that, though. Do you think that? they know how to forge it correctly that well that was i I wasn't but wasn't what i was about to say but that was something i was going to say in in later on but yeah that's a great question uh because again the within mandalorian society um it's almost like a religious position but but the armor right like Mm -hmm. there's a specific person who makes the armor so it makes sense that there's like a very specific way well, that it's made, right? And and it was in an earlier episode that uh, the armor talks about how it's important to use a certain amount of drops of li- of the living water right. or whatever in in it. Because it'd be um, like brittle or something. Yeah, and so I wonder if kind yeah. of one of the things that's going to happen in this in the finale yeah. is that his armor is not going to be as indestructible as he thinks because yeah. because they don't know the secret <laughs> the the secret recipe so to speak the secret formula um, and, and something else that makes me wonder about that is there is a shard of beskar inside, inside of that, that ship. ship yeah yeah which it makes sense of course a you're like, well, who, who was the Mandalorians that rescued him? Well, it, it was the troopers that he made. Yeah, but exactly. a shard, it means it broke off. It means it broke off, so, which anyway, is, shouldn't really happen. Yeah, exactly. What I was going to say earlier, though, is did you notice something interesting with his helmet? It looked like it had the spikes yes. from Death Watch. It, yeah, which, which Death Watch got them because of Darth Maul. Right. Yeah, so it's very interesting. I'm not, yeah, not sure I'm not, what that was about. Yeah, I assume that's kind of... 
just kind of coincidence in this sense, maybe kind of a callback, yeah. but I don't think it's intentional. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. But I, as soon as I saw it, like, I'm like, dude, that looks like the Death Watch helmet. It had like yeah, the, the, yeah, the, it has the Darth Maul spikes on, spikes on yeah, top. Yeah, I saw it was, that. Like, That's pretty sick. So of course, like the, the capture, they capture Dinjar. Um, but uh, in efforts to to get out and because they're saying like, well, those of you who are cap, you know, trapped in there, we're just gonna kill them, whatever. But um, all of a sudden, of course, like, why didn't you do it before? But Bo-Katan finally breaks out the dark saber and cuts a hole in the in the you know the doors or whatever, and um, and so the, so the Mandalorians are escaping back out into the cave system essentially, um, <laughs> and but Paz Vizsla, right? Um, he's like, you know, listen, I, there's too many of them. We're not gonna make it. I'm going to stay here and, and bring up the rear guard and just, you know, sacrifice myself basically. So it was kind of an emotional moment because it was kind of a cool full circle circle moment where basically Paz was always kind of like, yeah, he was for his coven, but at the same time, like he was very kind of like selfish and for his own reasons. And now it's like full circle of now he's accepted Mando, he's their friends and now he's sacrificing himself to save. Yeah. I will say there's a missed opportunity here for his son to have kind of a moment. Yeah, um, yeah, because his son Ragnar is like has been fairly prominent in this yeah, season. Right? Yeah. They've shown him multiple times. Different things have happened with him, and I felt like they could have had a Obi Wan and Qui Gon kind of moment here, where he's watching <sighs> yeah. from the from the window, the window, and yeah. seeing like his dad get uh, taken out, or you know something, mm-hmm. something to kind of because you assume there's going to be more of his son to sure. come to, oh. to show. Yeah, they showed him I for mean, a reason, right? Well, and also they probably want to continue that bloodline. Because yeah, he is yeah. a, uh, well, I guess he's not actually. I think they're blood. not technically related, though, right? They're not, but he still um, has, he still carries the name mm-hmm. of, and you know the that that name is very significant in, yeah, in, in, Mandalorian, uh, culture. in Mandalorian culture. Yeah. So I think that um, it's just I felt like it was a missed opportunity there to kind yeah. of yeah to kind of grow that character and make you kind of feel something for that character. Oh, I the, agree, hundred percent. But anyway, that's kind of a minor complaint. But but the actual fight here is phenomenal. Oh, it's great. Um, I it's love great. he he just, I mean he he's, he's going to town. He's going to town on all of them <laughs> yeah. to the point where his gun his gun literally starts melting. Starts melting, and then he throws it down, and then he's just fighting with uh with his vibra blade. Yeah, and. Stuff. and, and and takes them all out, right? He's so, like shoving them off the the. <laughs> so the he side of the he, ledge. he defeats them all, and yeah. you can see he's just worn out, and he's standing there, and you're like, yeah. oh, he did it, right? Yeah. You're like, but, okay, nope. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. what shows up next? The Praetorian, the Praetorian Guard. Three so of the suckers. We, so we heard um, Moff Gideon mm-hmm. uh, make reference to them, right? Yeah. Uh, earlier in the episode, to the Shadow Council, he yeah, said he, he, he requesting he them. requested yeah. three of them, and so immediately, you know, I'm like, oh. Okay, the Praetorian yeah. Guards already exist. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And that was one thing I, I said to you is like it was kind of weird because it's like, where are these guys at? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they just on standby somewhere? You so know. My assumption would be. Um, my assumption would be that they are, you know, the the best of the best that they have, um, and they're using them to guard their most important people. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of like the bodyguards of the most important people. Now with, you know, the, the emperor had the Royal guard. Mm-hmm. Right. And you assume that the Royal, most of the Royal guard died with the emperor, right? They all, yeah. I assume most of them died when he died or well, when he sort of died. <laughs> yeah, um, so, but however, there could have been more Royal guard somewhere else. So maybe some of the Royal guard, 
transitioned into, into this new role. Who knows? But no matter w- what the story is there, one thing is for sure, they are a serious threat. They're kick butt. Um, <laughs> because, man, this was so cool. I absolutely loved this. Because yeah. they showed they are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and, and I was going to tell you, yeah. I'm like, I was like, you know, obviously he was tired, Paz was, and stuff like that. He just fought like 20 guys and stuff. I'm like, man, I wish he could have took down just at least one of them. You or know what I'm saying? at least like injured one of yeah, them or something. But, but that just goes no, to show how tough they are. He got know? spanked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like every move, it was like Anakin with the young ones. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, every yeah. move that he would make, he would literally like, they would just counter and just attack. Counter and attack. Yeah, it was and crazy. they just kept stabbing him. Oh, I was so sad, but, but yeah. But the way they moved everything, it was just menacing. It was it, it was, was it was it was a cool scene. It was really cool. It I liked cool. it. And clearly they are not so in in um by the time of the sequel trilogy, each one has a very unique identity. Mm-hmm. Um the Praetorian Guards each have like unique weapons. Um they each have a unique look to their armor. Mm-hmm. Um so there's like some individuality there, even though they are um they're all Praetorian guards here right. they're very much they're all wearing the same thing they're all using the same weapon I believe right I thought there was a slight difference was yeah because yeah, one has like a staff I'm looking at the picture oh yeah. okay one had a different weapon but th- Did yeah the other two have the same weapon then maybe I need to go back and watch I'll, it again I'll show you this screenshot oh do you have a here. screenshot let's see so they looks like two of them have like a staff but they look like slightly different and then the other one has like a sword Okay, so they do yeah. still have a little bit of it's similar but they're you can yeah, tell yeah, that they're yeah. kind of branching out maybe a little yeah, bit yeah okay so yeah, I would love to know more about these these characters and how they come to be and, and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, clearly they're awesome they're, they're they're <laughs> a threat, and I think we'll see more of them next week. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And Definitely. I'm really excited to see who gets to face them and what happens there because <laughs> right. that that could be really cool. Right. Right. Um, but super but, excited to see that. And 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 here's the thing: you any any of you who are sequel lovers, I mean, I I would assume you were shouting from the rooftops because right this. <laughs> This seeing the Praetorian Guards here is one of the the most uh, sequel affirming oh, yeah. things we have gotten yeah. since the sequels. Yeah. Like yeah. this right here, seeing those Praetorian Guards, obviously with the 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 red and the which of that was the Royal Guard too, but the styling of their armor mm-hmm. and the the and weapons, the, and the certain and so, weapons they the, have, they're yeah. they're clearly heading that direction already, and and seeing it visually and everything, it, it was a cool moment even for me. I, I mean, oh, I yeah. thought it was really cool. Yeah, and uh, and I cannot wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, so let's uh, I, I when we uh, on our social media, what I'm trying to say, basically, uh, Drew, you had posted it's like, hey, everybody, let us know your thoughts. So we actually yeah. had two comments. Just, just throw it out there, right? So, yeah, for sure. Um, so Corey Allen Wise says, loved, loved, loved this episode. It was everything this season needed. Love the armor design for the stormtroopers. I did think Mando was going to die for a minute and was sweating bullets. LOL. Great episode. Yeah, absolutely. Corey, totally understand that. Uh, JB says, how, uh, how good was Moff Gideon's armor? Even though he was so wrong, it was so right. Ha <laughs> ha. And, uh, gutted about my man, Paz Vizsla. He was an animal. So excited to hear your thoughts on the episode. Don't think I can contain myself for next week. So yeah, I mean, I guess we're all on the same page. It was a, it was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. And there's a lot of really cool things, like like we both said, that's leading up for the next episode. Um, you know, this is what I was going to say earlier, but, uh, you know, I, I this is kind of an offshoot, but I'm just going to make an interesting prediction, and we'll, we'll see if this is true or not. Um, but uh, in episode eight, 
very, very slight chance that, you know, there's going to be this big battle, right? And they're trying to rescue Din and stuff like that. And the Mythosaur is going to come and aid them and help defeat Gideon. Now, it might not be a direct thing, like someone's riding it. I'm not going to say something like that. But but when they're around, they're in Mandalore, and they've already shown the well, Mythosaur. Well, you have to remember that Bo, she knows there's a Mythosaur. That's what I'm there. saying, yeah. So there, there is a chance that she's thinking, <clears throat> i got to have something... Something big. Something yeah. big, and I need it now. Because they got ties. And they so got, you know, she could very well... With the dark saber in hand, mm-hmm. go and try to essentially, you know, take control of or the re- gain the respect or however it works yeah. of the mythosaur. Or if can go, of course Grogu going to be there? Use not mind control, but use the force to kind of communicate with. We've you seen too. him. We've seen him do that before with the, with the rancor. Yeah. So maybe it's like a collaboration there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. I I think. I personally think it would be an absolute tragedy. To mm. not get the mythosaur in this oh, finale, because yeah. you can't tease it like that and can't, can't show the it and then like nope, and, that's and it, have no you know? follow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I think there has to be the payoff, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so yeah. I think that we get the mythosaur in some capacity, right? Um, again, not sure exactly how to play into it, but you do imagine it will involve Bo Katan, um, Grogu, both something. Um, a couple other things I wanted to to bring up to you mm-hmm. to kind of just kind of speculate, um, you know, hear your thoughts on as we head into the finale next week. Do you think we see Thrawn well, in the finale? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. You know, we was talking before the episode, and one thing yeah. I told you, I was like, how, how interesting would it be is that actually something happens where... Gideon starts winning and like like all of this is like starting to go to pot so to speak and you know and like you know Paz is now dead Din is um captured and you know Gideon is just on top Mm -hmm. and like how in the world is this gonna end season three um but what would be interesting if something happened where Thrawn doesn't even care about these people but what he does care about is that Gideon's like talking bad about him and said that he's the leader and stuff and Thrawn comes in and just just kills Gideon just straight up just murks him or maybe keeps him you know what I'm saying and, and for his own uses later on for whatever that might be but just completely dismantling him in one way or another and just being like here's Thrawn everybody this is his entrance and now going into the Ahsoka series like he's already a prominent threat or so, I don't know so it's a great question I think that would be a very bold choice if they did that um uh, well, yeah. I think I think there is a, a very good chance we see Thrawn somehow, some way. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's just like a tease at the very end. Yeah. Of like what's which to that come. could because, be very because we know it. Ahsoka. Yeah. He's gonna be he's gonna have a prominent role in Ahsoka. Right. Um. So I think it would be great to have a some kind of tease here, yeah. but I'm not going to completely hold out hope on that because i could also see them saving it completely saving for it Ahsoka because it's kind of her thing. Because it's yeah. yeah. So I could see that. Um. However, you know, they did give a very, I think, important line here that we have to keep in mind. And that was that um, our uh, Paleon says to Gideon at the Shadow Council that our one hope for success relies upon the secrecy of Thrawn's return. Yeah. Yeah. So I think no matter what, somehow the secrecy of Thrawn's return is ruined here. Yeah. I think yeah. I think somehow they find out about Thrones Return, mm-hmm. which will then set into motion the events that we're, the events getting, that we're yeah, getting yeah. next in Ahsoka and yeah. everything else. Um, because 
again, they, they, they said that it relies on that. And if, and so maybe Gideon, maybe Gideon reveals it before he dies or something. I think it'd be, I, I would find it surprising if Gideon continues to survive after this. Yeah. He's been, I agree. he's, he's, I agree. he's had too many chances at this point, you know, like, <laughs> right. But he's, he's trying to be on top and now, so hard. And now and, that know. Theron is right around the corner, it's like, get it. Well, now Gideon doesn't he really matter. Either. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, back in season one, as far as we knew, Gideon could have been the one. We didn't know much about anyone else. Now we know he's just a small part of a, something much larger. Right. And and we know Thrawn is actually the the leader they're waiting on, and he's returning. Right. right. And but like you said, maybe his return conveniently happens in the midst of this final episode, and so yeah. then it kind of can. And it kind of shows his. Uh... Maybe this is not the right word. Maybe I shouldn't even say it. But magnam magnanimity, magnanimity, like his he's mag you know magnanimous. Like he's big. He's like just to show how powerful and how big he is and how much he doesn't care about this. Like these people aren't a threat to him. Mm-hmm. Is that again amidst this battle, he just comes in, breaks it up, kills or disables Gideon, and just like all right, I'm the leader, I'm out, and then just leaves. <laughs> you know I think what what could also play really well here is is how you introduce Thrawn is by Gideon losing and then essentially retreating like a puppy and then Mm -hmm. Thrawn Mm -hmm. basically being like, what happened? How did, how did that blah, blah, blah. And then kills him. Yeah. It kills him basically like you failed me, you know, whatever kills him. And then that just kind of shows like, Oh, he's the bigger threat here. You know, just like to, especially to people who don't really know what Thrawn is. Right. Exactly. Um, anyways, uh, so, so what's your final answer? Do you think Thrawn's going to make an appearance or not? I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. yes. Okay. I don't know what capacity, but I do <clears throat> think that he's going to have something. And the reason I say this, and for those of you who don't know this, because this wasn't something we've reported on uh, up, up as until yet, um, so they released a Ahsoka trailer, right, mm-hmm. that we got to watch. But in the panel itself, they had a secret like uh, you know what? Yeah, extended I, trailer. We, we didn't. We should have put that. Probably in our, the news. We should have right? put that in our news, but <laughs> yeah. that one passed over us. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there were some cool extra things in there. Like for instance, we did get to see Sabine uh, wielding a green lightsaber, which we assume is probably uh, Ezra's. But Ezra's, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, but but what I'm getting at is that we actually do see Thrawn, his face. Um. Right. So we got to see him briefly yeah. in that. So my point is. is it is interesting that the release of this extra trailer um, happens uh, in conjunction with the ending of this new Mando episode. And again, we all know that it's all connected. Yes, we we know that that Ahsoka and Thrawn, like they're kind of a, the, the couple together. But we do know that the Mando series is connected. To this it is going to be a part of this greater event movie now, not the series, but. It would line up well, right? What yeah, so think I think it? I think that I'm just going to say yes. Again, I do not know the capacity of which it's going to happen, but I do say that it will happen. So, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that, and then maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I do think <laughs> right. that it would be nice to see a glimpse of him, if nothing else. Even if it's the very, very last thing, it just mm-hmm. shows his face. Like, it shows, yeah. like, a ship heading into the area or something, and then it 
yeah zooms in and there he is or something yeah 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 yeah. um or or you know i don't want it to be this but it could even just be like gideon loses and thrawn as a hologram comes up and and it's it needs to be more than a hologram hologram, i I agree that it does need to be hologram would just i think would would lessen it it would not be as it would not make it as important as it should be sure um and and for those people in the camp though that he shouldn't be in this it could be a good intermediary thing of like Anyway, again, I'm not saying I want it to be that. I'm just saying it's a a possibility. Right. And then another thing that's been going around uh, about the finale is there is there has been talk that uh, Brendan Wayne, who who is basically I mean, I think he's more the Mandalorian than Pedro is. Honestly, I think he's He's, actually the one that he's the body. He's in the suit most of the time. I think like a large majority of the time Um, he said that uh, he had he had made a post saying that like prepare yourself for this one like it's it's the, the finale is really gonna it's like yeah you you're not gonna be able to handle this emotionally handle or something emotionally, like that yeah. something like kind of like saying like something is really gonna break everyone's heart well of course people started freaking out and then it was he deleted it it's gone yeah um, and so that everyone thought that was really interesting right people were reporting on it and what that could mean. Um, and so a lot of people have started to speculate that Din Djarin is not going to make it through the finale. They think he's going to die. Yeah. Um, because, and I think a lot of that is because they've made such an importance with Bo, um, Katan at this point, um, that they think that she's pretty much going to, she's kind of the main character and that, right. that Din Djarin will die. And, um... <clears throat> I now I want to go ahead and say I do not think this will happen. Right. Um, but I did want to bring that up because I've seen a lot of people talking about it. I do not think Din will die. If Din dies, I will be furious. Okay. <laughs> right. I will be absolutely yeah. furious. Nothing else cool that happens in the episode will not will no longer matter. I will be so mad. Um but then Favreau um has had said that uh he thinks people are going to be uh overjoyed with the finale and cheering and he says people he thinks people are literally going to be cheering uh, during this episode See, that's what i'm saying so, that, that's what I, uh, the mythosaur's coming man that's all that. <laughs> so uh, no i yeah myth mythosaur for sure right but like but I, I don't think din is going to die but i did want to bring it up because a lot of people have been talking about it do you think there's any chance of that of him dying yeah <sighs> a chance there could be the could there be a chance sure could there be a chance but I genuinely don't think it's going to happen. I just think he's too integral into the Mandalorian um, image, you know what I'm saying, and of the show. Okay, yes, in this season, have they been trying to destabilize what a Mandalor- like what the Mandalorian is? Sure. But we're only just now, like an episode or two ago, talking about that. I think it would be crazy if they're trying to, again, destabilize who the Mandalorian is, and then all of a sudden just try to kill Din Djarinoff. I think, again, at this point, it's too early in this destabilization for them to just straight up take Din Djarin out. I think it would make too many people mad, and I think it would disconnect a lot of people from the show as it is. So I think, no, it's not going to happen. But just my opinion. Just my opinion. Yeah, and one last uh, question do you think there's any chance of seeing any uh, of the other cameo uh, characters we kind of are used to seeing now in Mando 
such as Boba Fett or Ahsoka or even Luke Skywalker? Do you think there's any chance of seeing any of them in the finale? Well, yeah. Um, I, I, I have, I, I'm, I'm kind of like split in my mind on that answer because one, one part of me wants to say, yes, it's a possibility because if, if, John Favreau is like everyone's gonna be standing up and cheering. Mm-hmm. I can see something this drastic of Mando be, or Dinjarin, should I say, being captured and stuff. It would require some external force to come in. But I would say though that kind of undermines the intention of this season, which is all the Mandalorians coming together and creating this new strong Mandalorian force because you, they're not divided. And right. so if it you feels bring like the, in other people, it, it feels kinda... like the rescue would need to be in house. If you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I think the most likely would be Boba Fett. Well, if okay. You were to, That's a good point. If you were to bring in any, anyone, um, I think it would be Boba Fett. I do not think we see Ahsoka or Luke Skywalker in this one. Maybe a small chance of Ahsoka, again, if they're leading into the Ahsoka series. Maybe Mm -hmm. they show like one scene that's kind of leading into that, just as a tease. Something of that nature. Uh, But Oh, on a side note, I I finally found the tweet. Brendan Wayne's thing actually said, This next episode is going to make you wish you hadn't asked for more. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and, and at the bottom it says, It might hurt too much. Oh no! Whoa! I don't like that. That's even worse than what we said it was. <laughs> yeah, that's. I'm just like that. I'm like, I want to see what it actually said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty rough. But it's deleted now, right? Um, like it's gone. Is what I heard. Yeah, I believe so. Because it wasn't an actual tweet. It was. It looks to be like an Instagram or Facebook, real. Uh, mm. not real, but like story. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't like that. That scares me. That's a little scary. That's a little scary. This next episode is going to make you wish you hadn't asked for more. It might just hurt too much. So what could happen that would hurt too much? And, and why is Brendan Wayne saying it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so like again, that. is it a possibility like that. that Din could go? Yes. Especially after reading that. But again, my, my thing is, I think it would be an absolute mistake now i'm shutting down is, i'm shutting down jedi eternal if din dies in the <laughs> season finale after after um after obi-wan and now dan bro get out of here get out of here <laughs> seriously we're, we're, we're hanging up the curtain guys um you know again I, it is not far past disney in in the current state of star wars to make stupid decisions okay it is not far past them no as to do that as i told you earlier uh, when we had discussed this when we first saw the saw it um i said if if disney can will kill off luke skywalker in the middle of a trilogy exactly then then they'll do anything (laughs) they will do anything clearly so again is it is it it's not far past them to make stupid decisions but i would say it is an irreparable stupid decision right now to kill din off would it be a huge like gotcha moment that they apparently want for this season. Yeah, it, it would be, certainly. But again, I think he's too integral to this show at this point to kill him off and, and people stay on board. That's just I, my opinion. I would be so furious. I can't even tell. <laughs> I, like, I'm just thinking about it. Like, <laughs> I can't... Make an, uh, take your fist <laughs> to the sky moment. Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Disney. Double deuce. Yeah, if you know what double deuce is in that specific fashion, please write in the comments what that is. And we will give you a virtual high five. Oh, man. Yeah, so, oh, I don't want to think about it. But, hey, we don't have a long 
No. We do not have long. We have less than a week. Um, if you are listening on Patreon, you might be listening to this on Friday evening. But if you are mm-hmm. um, just a regular old fan, then you'd be listening to this as early as Saturday, which means you have like four days until we get <laughs> yeah. the uh, the reveal yeah. of the finale. And you can make sure to come back to listen to us yes. that Thursday, or well, we'll probably record on Thursday. Yeah, so that's uh, Saturday so be for that the regular Saturday people. For the regular, for the regs. <laughs> the regs. Um, but you can uh, come back, and we're going to talk about what happens in the finale. Yeah. Whether our, you know, whether hearts are our broken, hearts are broken or, or not, we're standing up and or cheering. We're standing up and cheering because we're hearing, <laughs> yeah. you know, hearing two conflicting stories yeah. here. Yeah. Because I don't know that you can necessarily do both. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll, see. See. we'll see. I mean, hey, if we can do both, and maybe it. It's the best episode of all time because yeah. that's pretty emotional. Yeah. But, um, you know, stick around for next week and we'll let you guys know. We'll talk about it. And uh, we'll make a post so you guys can tell us your thoughts on that finale too because we do want to hear from you guys and hear what your thoughts are. But until then, make sure you like and subscribe to all the stuff. You Patreon, uh, you can get that for $5. We definitely think it's worth it. You should give it a try. Um, also, our YouTube and our Facebook, where we have most of our um, interaction with you guys. So we always appreciate if you um, are our friends there on Facebook. But also, uh, you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, we just really appreciate all the support. And we plan to continue to do this. I was joking about the the If Den Dies thing. <laughs> we're, we, we love Star Wars and we love hearing from you guys. So we're going to continue on. Truck on, no matter what. I think. Debatable. Um, we'll, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we really appreciate it, guys. We'll we'll catch up with you soon, but we thank you for joining the Jedi Eternal. You messed, <laughs> well, you messed, messed that it up. up. You messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> All one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Read out for me. Be with you, and we thank you for joining the Jedi Eternal. <laughs>